0: I miss a green for example I'm already upset when I find my ball in the bunker I'm really upset and when I find my ball in a fried egg fried egg the dreaded fried egg fried egg fried
1: egg fried egg fried egg fried egg, fried egg lie I'm about ready to run off the golf course Arnold Palmer is the Masters champion of 1960 He has birdied
0: the last two holes to catch and then move ahead of Ken
1: Venturi, one of the greatest displays of courageous dogs that anybody has ever seen any place. Up the hill. Did you ever see one like that? I think that's one of the greatest buttons I've ever seen in my life. Maybe.
2: There it is.
1: Can you believe it, Nick Faldo? There it is, a win for the ages. Is it his time? Yes. Now, well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow! In your life, have you seen anything like that? Hello, friends. I'm Jim Nance. It's my great pleasure to welcome you to the Masters Tournament. I've heard it said before, it's a tradition unlike any other.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. It is Tuesday before Masters, and I'm joined by PGA Tour Sean Martin, SB Nation's Brendan Porath, and the Creative Director for Summit Brands, Billy Dratty. Guys, welcome on. This is this is groundbreaking. We're all in the same room. It is amazing. It's, it's going to be a whole new dynamic.
2: Live pod. We're sitting here in this grand Augusta house that the... Dratty, be Dratty's gracious enough to host us with. It's a, it's a new frontier in your pod empire.
1: Uh, I think next step we have to be at the media center, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: it's,
1: do they have little pod centers yet? There? I believe they do.
0: I don't know. You're the takesmith among us, Brendan. So.
2: Yeah, I I went looking for that this today. They have radio, like radio slots, you know, to, to fire off all the audio takes, but... Uh, I'm more of a man of my, man of letters. You want
0: to take your incendiary takes off property. <laughs> you don't want to get escorted off. The future, you know, they need to have little pod rooms. Well, let's get phones on the golf course first, and then we'll we'll work <laughs> on the pod rooms next.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, uh Masters week, what uh is your favorite what is each of your guys favorite Masters tradition or part of aspect of the Masters?
2: i'll go i mean i i it's not exactly like you know an underrated one Uh, the champion's dinner i think that's cool i mean that's very obvious but i think it's cool that the champ defending champion gets to set a menu a ton of people care about what this menu is you know pga championship has one no one cares um you know and how often do we see like Honestly, Gary Player and Jack Nicholas and those people in public life together anymore. We don't like, and you know what? We've heard them talk. They've, you know, contributed a lot to golf, and sometimes, you know, their thoughts aren't always the most original. We've heard them for 20, 30, 40, 50 years now. But like, I think, you know, not to be morose, but like, we never know how many years we have with them. And it's good to kind of, for the one week a year, they're all together in public view. And I think that's still cool. If you won the Masters, what would be your champion's dinner? Oh, that's a good Crab one. Crab cakes. I mean, obviously, we know the beverage would be uh, monster, monster Energy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't complain about, tiger about it on Twitter. Devotee. And then
0: you, you can't complain about this on Twitter and then go straight to the Monster. <laughs>
2: I wasn't complaining. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. It'd probably be pretty basic. I'm just a fat, corn-fed Midwestern boy, you know. Be, you know, meat and potatoes of some sort.
0: It is pretty cool the years that Tiger wasn't going to play and his back was horrible, that he would fly up just for that. And it shows what a big deal it is that he was, you know, talking about last year, he could barely sit and nerve pain is shooting down his leg. And he still flies up to do the Masters Champions dinner, which, I mean, to your point, shows how how cool it is and what a big deal it is for guys.
2: Yeah. I mean, I know that's kind of an obvious one. I'm not really going off the books there, but I, I still whatever I, th- I think it's cool
0: i actually i made the phones joke but i actually like the no phones like i was walking around this morning taking some photos and just enjoying the golf course not checking my mentions or you know getting texts i i like the no phones i'm like all in on the no phone country clubs
3: like when i get to put the phone away and i like you're just out there playing golf it's so much more peaceful you know I don't, I don't need to make an instagram story of my round no one, no one needs to see that
1: yeah it's uh so
3: Billy, you've been coming here for how many years now? Uh,
1: I guess this will be maybe my nineteenth in a row, something like that. Wow. Yeah. My my favorite is actually just getting here right at, as the gates open, and everyone everyone walks briskly to go put their chair out, and I kind of just walk slowly and you and just the procession uh, in and it changes a little bit every year, and that's part of the fun as you see all the newness that the that the club brings to the event. Um, but there's a real uh, there's a real serenity to the grounds as the championship's going on. It's just like uh, there's a great feeling that everyone is here for all the right reasons, that we're about to see something great. And, uh, I mean, the club does – I think it's the best sporting event in the world. So uh, to just walk in slowly and kind of take everything in is always my favorite part of it. Sean?
0: Yeah, I think um – I have to agree with that. I, I did an early morning walk today. I wish the gates opened at 8. I wish that they'd opened at like 7. It would have been awesome. You know, you lose you lose some of that good light uh, when the gates aren't open yet. You can't get on You're the worried course. about your Instagram page. Well, I've got, I'm using the point shoot, so I'm going to have to take a couple extra steps. I've got to upload my computer first and then edit them. And then, you know, I can't just... Not go, wor- you're not worried about your story, but you're... you're no, I like taking some good photos so with some 2005 technology. I love... I love underrated uh, tradition is when like Tiger was playing, everyone's holding up these like 2005 point shoots because they all save their cameras for this one week a year because they need them because you can't take your phone on the
2: grounds. This is like a super nerdy inside baseball one, but the thing I like um, is that in the uh, media center press building, I should say, use the correct terminology, they have these like notepads for, um, it's like the same kind of note style that like, whatever grantland rice and herbert warren wind would take when they when they go out on the course and like it, when you assume there's no video footage of everything it's every hole with like note slots you know what i'm talking it's like about an Eight and, a half and
0: 11 eight and a half by 11 pad right yeah it's like
2: yeah. an eight and a half by 11 pad it says like masters on it you know you have each hole where you're supposed to note you know what happened with the shots presuming there's no video record of it or anything like that so that's like Shot mega cracker. nerdy <laughs> super nerdy so that's a cool tradition i always grab one go out there and i mean i don't pretend i'm you know grantland rice or anything like that but i don't know that's how i like to take notes of the round and another cool aspect of not having your phone there usually just plugging those notes into your phone at the other majors but i don't know that's a that's a kind of off the record one that, or you know an underrated one you wouldn't see I love that the champions
3: get to keep playing forever because what it leads to is like Bernhard longer a couple years ago in contention on a Sunday. Freddie Couples making his run and and getting to see like the you know Augusta has become a place that is tougher to compete at as an older age, but it's still you can still get it around there, and if you take advantage of the holes like. They, you only learn more and more and you get better at playing the golf course with age so it's it's it's
0: cool that these guys got to keep playing I mean even like Larry Mize is 59 I think and it's not like he's burning up the Champions Tour but he's made three of the last four cuts
2: yeah so I think that's a cool aspect of it like you can have a thing, a, a, a tournament where like Trevor Illman plays but like Ernie Els can't it's an exclusive <laughs> I mean, it's, you know I'm not saying I mean, Andy's a big Ernie Ells guy but I, it's not Ernie you know someone who's Super competitive right now. Say, like, the 55th player ranked player in the world that wasn't otherwise exempt, but you also have Trevor Rammelman. Like, that's still a cool thing, to Andy's point about all the the former champs coming back. It does make,
0: like, a sudden-death playoff so much more high stakes. You think about it, like, you know, Kenny Perry in 2009 loses. If Kenny Perry had won that, he's coming back to the Champions every year. He's coming and playing every year. He's playing the Par 3 contest with his grandkids. Now, like, he's home this week, I guess. You know, and so... Not only did you lose the Masters and lose the title and and all that, but you lost like the opportunity to come back every year and do all those awesome traditions. So I feel like it does add weight to like to the playoffs when when those do happen.
2: So nineteen years—that's a lot of time. I mean, did what, you invent what... the short sleeve rain
0: uh, shirt?
1: No, 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 no. no. That, that was the U.S. Open. Uh, it was zero restriction, um, but that was of course uh, Payne Stewart at the U.S. Scissors, Open. Scissors, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah he- I he cut the sleeves off his rain jacket and we created a a little subcategory in rainwear thank god
3: <laughs> that, i i remember my dad uh, after that cut off the sleeves of his rain jacket and started wearing it around he thought it was, i mean if if there's ever a market for short sleeve rain shirts he's the guy he's yeah. <laughs> he loves them <laughs> so uh, transitioning to this year what's uh you know, Tigers obviously the big storyline. What's what's the storyline you're watching going into this
0: year that you're you're excited to see unfold? I wonder if people are more excited for a Tiger Phil showdown or like a Tiger JT showdown. Like I feel like Tiger I, feel, I think the bigger thing I know like the inter, intergenerational thing is huge, but I'd be more excited based especially all this buddy buddy stuff we're seeing, they're playing practice runs together, but like we could see a Tiger Phil showdown, which we've wanted for decades and so i think that's the one that really gets me more than even like a tiger jt or tiger speed
2: so it, does tiger have to be part of the equation
3: no 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 doc redmond I mean, can be in there
2: i i think the rory phil thing is fantastic i think um obviously tiger is like the elephant in the room but and again, that's why this you hear like Nance and others say this is the most anticipated Masters ever, and we kind of always come to the Masters with a little extra enthusiasm and maybe get a little hyperbolic about where it stands beforehand. But like he's not out of line there. There's so many things to choose from. I think that the, the cross generational thing is, as Sean alluded to, with Phil and Rory, and then like the amount of history between on the line if you had that. You know, Phil, what's the four jacket club? It's Tiger, Arnie, and Jack. I mean, and Phil has talked about this at length with his like eyes bulging and grinning. Like, I mean, three is great. Jimmy DeMeritt, Sam Snead, but four, like that is a, you know, how Phil gets all worked up and, um, and, and with Rory, obviously, whatever, six guy to win the career slam. I think like, if you got, and they have, they've had moments of, I don't know, tension or needling in the past, certainly at Valhalla, um, Ryder cups, 24 Glenn Eagles, Phil's you know, made a joke about him suing Graham McDowell. Um, so I think if you got Phil Rory with the the career slam versus the Four Jacket Club and an oldest to win, like that would be just incredible. And the personalities that they are, you know, the media just loves them. I don't know Both. that remember, anyone remembers
0: the tiny spats of golf better than you do. I totally forgot about the <laughs> Phil commented <laughs> Glenn Eagles about Rory suing Chris McDowell, but now I totally remember it and it brings it back. But you're always good for those tiny little spats and press conferences. I always,
2: you know, I, may, I try to make mountains out of molehills. That's a member of the fake news. You know, I got all these little needles. I got to make a big deal. So, <laughs> Billy, uh,
1: I'm excited. For- for To see Tiger and where he ends up and, and for everyone to see just how far behind the curve he really is. I mean, he hasn't won anything yet. And we're talking about a major, you know, and and the reason why we call him majors is because it's so difficult to win at. And all he's done is placed up until now. And so you add on the anticipation, the strong field, uh, plus the fact that he hasn't done anything yet. You know, so I, I'm I'm excited to see just how far back in the field that he's going to end up. I mean, that's the way I think about it. I I mean, I think
3: that his driver's been the issue with his comeback. It's the only club that's kept him out of it, and of all the majors, Augusta's the place where the driver means the least in terms yeah. of accuracy, which but, is what but he's it's
0: Something. I mean, there's not as much width as there once was. Where Where is he
1: going to hit it on one? That's the <laughs> But when he was winning, it was his putter yeah. that was winning everything and keeping him in championships and and making him the greatest player that he ever was, you know. Mm. And he's not where he was at that time either. So, you know, and, and the one thing about this course is the greens, they get everybody, you know. So um, if he was putting like he did 10 years ago, I would be a lot more excited for him. It's
2: interesting today. He's talking to i think shackleford asked him about bent you know it's been two and a half years since he played on bent grass or you know played consistently on bent grass he's been on bermuda and obviously on the west coast um and then also i thought one thing that was i took away from that is uh press was the uneven lies he's like i've just been playing like flat florida courses i've been you know he's like i haven't played on a bunch of uneven lies and obviously Smoked one from 13 on the handing line today. I was like, you know, it was beautiful. Incredible shot. I'll remember, you know, for the rest of the week, no matter what happens, just on top of the flag and tapped it in for Eagle. But uh, I thought that was something to keep an eye on is like, I've been playing kind of flat golf um, for at least in this run up. And this is a little change, obviously the bent grass. And then we always hear about how, you, know, you can't tell how much undulation, how much you know elevation change there is on Augusta on TV. Obviously, it's everywhere. It's significant and extreme, and and it makes you a little uncomfortable. You remember Jordan Spieth actually? How he's, yeah, he had a great quote over here at Kapalua yeah.
0: about how uneven lies make him more athletic and he's yeah. less technical. And-
2: he's less technical. Like someone, he was at Kapalua. No one's thinking about this stuff, and he's like, I play well here because, like Augusta, and I mean, one of the rare times Kapalua and Augusta are probably thrown in the same sentence, but. He's just because there's so much elevation change, you're on the side of a mountain. Not everything is just this flat, perfect, like robotic kind of golfing machine, Deschambeau, one hey. plane swing. You
3: know, the wow. John Deere the John Deere has some of the most uneven lies and golf and
2: on tour. Is that you know, true? You it's know true. who
3: won at the John Deere?
2: Jordan Spieth. And? Zach Johnson. Bryson. <laughs> no
0: Bryson. <laughs>
2: That's true. And
0: uh, Bryson was contending as an amateur here, l- lest we not forget.
2: Right. So, Andy, what do you make of that? The uneven lies thing in the bent, like I think does the best thing is overrated. Real quick, you I know, a resident midwesterner. The, Midwestern or... I,
3: the bent, bent grass is like the easiest grass to play on yeah, in the world. It's sure. the best. Yeah, yeah, place yeah. like, like, so There's, there's a... no grain. It's like, everybody's always like, which way is grain? There's no grain in bent.
0: I grew up playing bent. Like I've never, I never once thought about grain
3: until I got to
0: Florida. It's you basically saying I'm gonna have to transition to putting the best putting surfaces I've been on That's, since I came. Yeah. Back. yeah, Tiger's
2: like, yeah, you just. It doesn't bounce anywhere. I don't have to, have really to worry about greens. grain. It doesn't it goes exactly where I <laughs>
3: Yes. Bent grass is the greatest grass in the world to putt on. Yeah. So you know, and uh I think uneven lies is total factor. What it what it does is it separates the men from the boys. Like you can't be a pretender with your irons and hit good shots off uneven lies. Like the greatest iron players play well at Augusta year in, year out because they're the best iron that that's where it separates it in the golf course. If you, it asks you to hit spectacular world-class shots time after time to make birdies. It's why we see these big swings on the back nine, especially is the golf course it just over and over again, asks you to hit this great shot. If you hit it, you're going to a great look at birdie and you're probably going to score really well. But if you don't, that's when, you know, the fun starts and you got, you know, it's tough to, you have to hit a great shot to make a four. It's, it's such a position golf course. If you're in position, you can attack it, but you still have to hit a great shot. If you're out of position, you have to hit a miraculous shot to make that birdie. So with that, the I mean, if you go down the list of the guys that have played the best at Augusta over the years, they're all exceptional iron players. Um, and if you look at this current generation, who are the best Augusta players? Phil, he can't drive it. I mean, he, one of the worst drive, he's probably the worst driver of the golf ball of the 20 greatest players in the world of, of all time. Um, you've got just, uh, you've got Jordan Spieth, you know, led the tour in strokes gained approach last year. Tiger Woods is the greatest iron player ever. I mean, you, you keep going down the list. Um, Justin Rose, exceptional iron player, like Paul Casey, great iron player like these these guys they're they're there for a reason um i'm i can't believe sergio how nobody cares about the defending champion and it's not like it's it's not like it's danny willett (laughs) it's not like it's
2: trevor immelman it's
3: sergio garcia
2: i mean that's just uh, that's poor sergio uh you know he just he caught it on a year that's whatever tiger hasn't been here for two years and phil's won and rory's won and all these things have happened in the q1 the first quarter that you know the most notable thing is sergio named his daughter azalea it's tough to find like the
0: follow-up storyline on sergio because for so long it was sergio hasn't won a major sure and now it's like well sergio's really good and he's got a major he's got everything he's got a major so we don't really talk about that he's married so i don't talk about his love life you know like all we can talk about sergio is he's really really good but that's not a like
3: good
1: take. Flying. I think actually for Sergio it takes the pressure off him. Totally. Oh, I, I, mean, I totally agree. But I think it's he he, he that couldn't ask for radar. better conditions to try and uh, defend his title. And I he's mean,
0: playing well. Like He played well at the match
1: play. His daughter was born like days before the match play. Yeah. And, and he's, he's not even grape. in the discussion with all these big names. Yeah. He's, it, it, no one's even saying it. So, I mean, I think he's in great shape. His yeah.
3: last three starts, T7th at the Mexico WGC Mexico, 4th at Valspar. And he made it to the round of sixteen at Austin,
0: with his wife about to give birth, and then days after his wife does give birth. So like, he's playing well enough that he played great while handling all those distractions.
2: And he won the Singapore Open. Don't forget about that.
0: He's already won this
2: year, big big time. Spieth couldn't win the Singapore Open <laughs> a couple of years ago. Remember that? <laughs> oh, Threw <yeah>. off <laughs> his whole year. Yeah. They sent him out to Singapore, and he was just he could never chasing you know, dollars. He was exhausted the rest of the year. But Sergio won it.
3: All right, so Tea times came out today. Uh, what are the Tea times you're watching? We're going to exclude Tiger from this.
0: I was a little disappointed with the Tiger pairing real quick. I thought that they kind of eased him into it. It kind of reminded me, in 2010, they put him with KJ and Matt Kuchar. Uh, I don't know. Nothing against Mark Leishman, great year last year. Nothing against Tommy Fleetwood, two of the best players in the game. But I don't know. They just, they just had There's that pizzazz to put him with a speeth or a Rory or just with someone else, another epic name and and i feel like this kind of i was surprised by who they paired him with we'll put it that way what
2: what do you what are you looking for underrated tea time a tea time i like which one are you most excited about you know what i love i i love uh the fred couples howton lee and joaquin neiman trio i mean that's that's incredible there's just storylines for days he's
0: a global ambassador yeah
2: we've got Asia and South America and, like, Mr. America, Freddie Couples, and they all hit it different. You know, Houghton and Neiman, obviously, they destroy the ball. Couples kind of just has that old man game to get around. You know, obviously doesn't hit it as far. Like, I think that's, like, loaded with all sorts of storylines. I'm pretty excited. They put champions or amateurs all play with a former First-timers, winner. First-timers, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that trio.
0: I actually love – I love the – there's the traditional Masters champion, USAM champ, and US Open champ. But with Brooks out, Justin Thomas fills that role. So Sergio and Justin Thomas is a good twosome. And I don't know what we'll see from Doc Redmond. He made the cut at Bay Hill. But sometimes an amateur plays well. It's a cool story. But I think Sergio and Justin Thomas together is is pretty sweet, and I like that one.
1: Uh, Brendan, I just met you. I'm not trying to one-up you. Uh, but I, I actually like the Sandy Lyle, Siwoo Kim, who are here, is a great conversationalist out there. And Doug Gim pairing. Uh, I mean, I don't know Sandy Lyle personally, but I hear he's a little bit salty. (laughs) And you put him with Siwoo Kim and Doug Gim right after. uh, (laughs) Here's the lineup. The Zach pairing, the Tiger pairing, the Sergio pairing, the Bubba pairing, the Reed Hoffman pairing, the Horschel pairing. And then boom. Sandy Lyle <laughs> with Siwoo Kim and Doug Gim. He, he is he, he could get thrown off the grounds I mean I, again I do not know him personally but I hear he's salty I think you put it with those two guys that he can't really air anything out with he's gonna be an accident waiting to happen if, if only he could add Monty in there yeah yes exactly a little uh, cross British rivalry yeah I think that would be great I think this uh,
3: this is kind of a cop out. It's a big time pairing, but the Phil Mickelson, Ricky Fowler, Matt Kuchar pairing. Something that is crazy is this crop of major list. There's no like really great player that without a major. Like I'm sorry, like I'm not putting Ricky Fowler in the same conversation as Sergio or like Lee Westwood even or like because Ricky he's won what seven times in his career.
0: If you're counting international, it sounds about right. Seven and is, those are two big European. Sergio
3: rulers. had thirty. I mean, and you know, Matt Kucher, he's been a really regular contender. He's probably he's probably the other guy that you could consider the best player without a major. And over the last three years, we've just seen this flurry of first time major winners. So that we've depleted the stock of great players without a major. But they're playing with a guy that was the greatest
0: player without a major for the probably the longest time outside of Monty. Speaking of best players without a major, I do like the Hideki and Paul Casey pairing along with Pat Xander. Mm-hmm. I feel like Paul Casey a little under not maybe not under the radar, but a good Masters pick. He's played well here the last few years. One Valspar Hideki is always play well plays well here. Been a little slow start for my guy, but
3: I got to ask you, can Hideki win?
0: He is capable. Yes, he's capable <laughs> of winning. Can't I remember even... when he was number two in the world rankings and people would ask that question and guys would look, they're like, yeah, I mean, he's literally the second best player in the world.
3: Did that get asked at all? I thing? don't, I don't think so. No,
0: I my f- uh, favorite Twitter account, can Hideki win, uh, <laughs> tweeted it. someone or he responded to someone who said that the Shabankar Sharma questions today were the Hideki oh, questions. Of...
2: <laughs> that's true. That's a that's great a, that's a, point. Shabankar
0: Sharma is a big deal, man. There like was 21 years old. That's a,
2: there was a Sharma theme through everyone's press conference. Everyone got asked about Sharma. But,
3: Who's more important in terms of international? Is it Hao Tong Li from China or Sharma from India?
2: I mean, I think you're asking questions above our pay grade and you're getting into geopolitics. I think those are both
0: those are both two tough countries because they both there's so many things conspiring against the larger populace playing golf. You know, Shibankar Sharma can win the masters, but what is there? There's like seven golf courses in India and they're all private or you know
3: I think they should do a battle of bighorn (laughs) pay per view. With Sharma against Hao Tong Lee it'd be so like the most watched
0: event of all time. Put it on ESPN Plus, maybe a little over the top yeah. content.
1: No, the Ocho, it's got to go on the Ocho. <laughs> Ocho needs that comment. Do, big uh, Horn, if we pick a,
0: a better venue.
3: Well, yeah,
1: it uh, wouldn't be Big Horn.
3: We we could do it out in uh, at that course in India.
2: The hero, of course, <laughs> the Gary Player special. Yeah, um, I
0: actually love that course. It's like so egregious that I enjoy it. It's I like a, completely agree. It's like playing at Disney World.
2: It's not subtly bad. It's in your face bad, and you can enjoy <laughs> it for that reason.
3: It went so far that it's good.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly. But I kind of one thing I like about the Masters is they 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 don't acquiesce to the television demands and the fan demands of like. We need Tiger, Phil, and Rory all together. You get that at the other majors. Well, the, they
0: did stack those feature groups pretty good. If you look, I, that's
3: I felt like the time, I understand. They, I they, understand, just, they but, don't have as deep of a field, though. Right, it's a they, small field.
2: They give you Tiger, and you're upset because he's playing with Leash and Fleetwood. Like you're a little, well, not upset. You're, you're little, upset
3: that he's playing with two other top twenty players in the world.
2: But they they don't True. they don't, they never kind of. I mean, PGA obviously they put the three major winners together, but like a lot of the they usually give you the big guns all together whereas Masters will kind of like a big gun kind of like the a, a top 20 player and then maybe an amateur or, or lesser guy
0: I mean just give me his Genesis Open pairing of him and JT and Rory yeah. I mean that we've seen it I guess already but come, I mean come on
2: that's big tour just trying to get like over the top subscriptions for PGA Tour Live you I know they, they're they just that's a business move Masters like they don't need to dabble with that can, can we talk about Phil's
3: outfit today in the practice round the, the dress shirt.
2: Is it? I'm not the expert here on this. Uh, well, you, we'll give the floor
1: to you. It's all yours. I don't know a lot about this stuff, but I I, I can give you what I do know. Okay, <laughs> And that is that Rene Lacoste in 1930 uh, stopped wearing woven shirts to play tennis because people decided that knit shirts were more comfortable and actually truly performed better. So the fact that Phil says they're stretchy Meaning his woven shirts, you know, I mean, my boxer shorts, my old boxer shorts were stretchy too. But now I've got on knit boxer shorts and it's like almost like stealing. I mean, it, it should be against the rules. It feels so good. So if that's if that's what Phil's reason for it is because it's stretchy, I, I'm not buying it. It sounds like there's something else behind it.
2: He, di- he didn't really have. A great answer for it yeah what do he say stretchy yeah.
1: comfy i liked it i wanted to try it it was stretchy yeah he
2: needed more he needed a better description and a more prepared answer coming in for that <laughs>
3: i went to espn and the pay, the photo on the front page was tiger in his blade collar t-shirt next who looked like he just got done with like a workout Next to Phil in this button down dress shirt who looked like he just
2: got off
1: the office. Yeah, and like a saying, dad standing at a little league game or something yeah. like that, right? Exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean long sleeves with like the cuffs. It had his logo on the cuffs. It's just I was Holding the Yeti. I walked up and I couldn't I was I walked up to the tent tee at 8 30 this morning. I'm like got my coffee, trying to get in it get in the flow. I'm looking for a tiger more more than anything. And then all of a sudden Phil I was like, "Wait, why is he wearing long sleeves? Like, wait, why is it? It's got that pattern." And then I, I whip around the front and I see it's buttoned out all the way. I just I it took me like ten minutes to figure out what what he was wearing. And then I get back because you have no phone. I get back to the press center and it's obviously all the rage. It's like, what the hell is he wearing? I don't
0: know. Also, he saved it for a big moment—the practice on the Tiger. He knew. All eyes would be on him today, and so he decided this is what I'm gonna this is my statement I'm gonna make with my fashion today.
2: And just with the glove and the pants, it was just a very odd ensemble, but that's what we expect, I guess, from Phil at this point. Uh what's the what's the
3: worst Masters look of all time? I mean, there's been some all timers. Phil it, Phil DJ
0: loves his Phil's silver surfer. Outfit.
3: I. He looked like the Tin Man. Yeah,
0: it was gray on gray. I just. I'm not a big. I'm not a huge fashion guy, but I, I do know that gray on gray is not a a great. What we're about talking,
2: like, with we're gray talking, shoes too? We're talking about fashion, and then different like making judgments when we're actually in the room with the expert. So I'm going to
1: reserve it for this year, actually, because I I think the blade collars are actually the worst that I've seen. You know, <laughs> yeah. the fact that they call them collars is is completely incorrect it's a collar band that then a collar is attached to you know that's what they're they're wearing a, a, a shirt with a collar band and I, of all the people that i thought would kind of put a halt to it i thought augusta was the was the group that would say no we're sorry that you know you have to have a traditional shirt on but they didn't and i guess that's okay uh but i th- i truly think they look ridiculous you're in uh you're in good company on that day.
2: We've been railing against this now for more than a year, right? I mean, they're offensive. They look like you should be going down Washington Road to Planet Fitness or something and getting a quick lift in. And, you know, Billy Payne was asked about this last year. It was my favorite moment, maybe of the week. Uh, somebody asked Billy Payne, like, you know, uh, you know, Chairman, what do you think of the these Nike shirts? You know, is a, I mean, it's not a collared shirt. And he kind of like it's like I, I'm not I'm not familiar with what you're referring to, and they like moved on. But the moment between that question and waiting for the answer was like one of my favorite moments of the week. It's a legitimate question, is yeah. it not? I it think, is. It is. I think if you're some like 15 handicap and you show up at a course that requires a collared shirt, they're probably telling you to go home.
1: Exactly. That's why I'm so surprised that that. I mean, they had a year to, I guess, they and they they've covered it they they think it's okay which to me um you know I, I i i liken it to uh paul goitus wearing a mock turtleneck you know i think uh <laughs> i think good looks will prevail and people will realize that You know, putting a collar on uh, actually looks better. It does serve a a function. It blocks the back of your neck from the sun. So I think we'll we'll be able to spot all the Nike guys in the airport because they'll all have sunburned back of necks (laughs) after they miss the cut.
3: (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite looks is uh, when Day pairs the blade collar with his Kevlar vest. Oh, I mean,
2: a Kevlar vest slash, you know, Joe West behind the plate look you know <laughs> he looks like he's ready to call balls and strikes and some of that stuff but i i you know like he's a that's the problem is like i've said this before i i gen generally don't mind nike i get a lot of stuff from my kids that's nike i get some other stuff from myself that's nike but nike golf tends to offend my sensibilities but i i, I think you guys know, like Tiger's Blade collars are like a little different? Does it, it his shirts seem like different than like the Rory ones and the Day ones? I don't know if he's got like a different, uh, maybe it's just the way it's tailored, but they're like baggier. Like he was at the press it was, conference, and the press and he conference kept, was, like, like hanging down. Yeah. It, it looked like, like, like an undershirt. Yeah. Like, pull it up because like the V was going up into like his Adam's Apple and you'd have to like readjust it
1: and pull it back down. I don't know. It's a lot of fashion talk. I'm not an expert. Yeah. That, that's just called, Poor fitting. <laughs> Either he has the wrong size on, or it doesn't fit him well. But
3: Billy, uh, scripting's become really big, and I feel like the last five years, everybody puts it out there. What's the, what's the key to good scripting? And
1: I think you know, from a brand standpoint, it's it's just it's being able to remember what they were wearing, so that you know when you make it to your your pro shop or your retail venue, you 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 can resurrect what was in what was out on the course. Uh, So to me, that's always consistency. I think, you know, I think uh, the people that either have a Sunday shirt or something like that, that's always, it's memorable. And it, I think, I think just consistency is the best. If you're sending a message, just send one message.
0: The one movement I did not like though, was when staff, they'd have a staff would have their entire team in the same outfit. So you'd have like two guys from the same company wearing the same exact thing, looking like they're going to go line up for batting practice or something. Yeah, I,
1: I agree with that. I think you can you can stay to consistency, but have have variance w- within guys. I think whatever a guy wears should match his personality for sure. You know, uh, and all the brands that are in this you know kind of scripting game have enough product that they could do that.
2: The Scripting, I mean, it's an entire it's like a a cottage industry now. You know, they've really how how old is the phenomenon? What would you say? It's like a decade now. Probably, I mean, it's it's a, a byproduct of our content environment. We just need
0: more yeah, content. And it's more. So...
2: Mostly Nike, Nike started probably, and then Taylor oh, made it Adidas. Started, and... It probably
0: started with Tiger, and then it's just trickled down to more and more obscure players. So this
2: week, Ches Reevy got a scripting release. Did you know that? There's some people who like kind of like try to figure out like, well and i'm not could the, could somebody just get him a hat that fits his head it was a, <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's a good it's it's a, it's just interesting how like how, what, what's the last frontier of, of who gets I mean,
0: scripted what's his company i guess i get that if you're like Peter that Law. if if chesri is your one guy i mean you got to do it right it's your big it's your super bowl for whatever your brand is If if a guy is wearing your stuff in the masters it's what, more when you're like what kind of coverage 15... are you
2: expecting out
3: of that <laughs> I, I did a master I was, I was scripting scared. search on Twitter before this and uh, popped up uh, Robert Streb with PGA Tour apparel. <laughs> master
0: scripting from 2016. I mean, this stuff lives
3: you're, for a long time. You're getting time.
2: up in Martin's kitchen with PGA Tour apparel and Streb. That's like where I, he lives. I would
0: honestly think that Streb would dress himself. I'm a little bit surprised by that.
2: How does it work? Do you Do you...
1: Does the player have any input in this? I think every deal is different. You know, uh, in my experience, y- you you put together a script and you you send it, you know, to the event, and even, you know, in some cases they wear it, in some cases they don't. You know, it's uh, it all depends on the deal and how uh, I think each apparel deal with each player is probably a little bit different. So. Um, you know, in some cases, when I worked with Tom Watson, if he didn't want to wear something, he just didn't wear it. But he's Tom Watson, so you know, you just said it's okay. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would I would assume that you know, with some of the bigger companies where the where the money is really, um, it's tied to it is tied to what this guy is wearing in the event, uh, they have to wear it. So, I mean, what's th- what's like the
2: exposure, like of a of a, a day at the Masters versus, you know, the other. 48 events you know I I mean I assume it's it's pretty substantial that if you're signed or you're under contract unless you're say Tom Watson Tiger Rory things like that I mean you need to kind of get on board with the master's plan and and their mark because I I assume I mean I'm not Darren Ravel, but I assume like the marketing opportunity for you know an hour of master's coverage is equal to the other 48 events I don't know so I think you got you got to get on board. <laughs> yeah,
3: you got you got to be you got to be a team player. What at a regular event, do you just do they just get a pick from
1: Yeah, 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 you you have a a seasonal wardrobe that you give them and and um and it'll rotate over the course of a month. You know, they don't wear anything twice. So, um yeah, it's but it's it's less rigid than with, you know, uh i mean wh- when saturday and sunday come along for the masters you want you want to be knowing what what your guy's going to be wearing
2: speaking of twice tiger's been in that same grotesque uh like pink gradient to gray you know going from like the like left shoulder down to the right shoulder at least twice in this comeback because i mean it's a, a shirt you can't forget but he wore it in, at the valspar. hero what valspar yeah he yeah. wore it at valspar but he wore it at the hero too i mean it's it's a shirt you never forget, but he's definitely worn it at least twice. He's, he's you figure like a just a plain navy or something, like you could wear that multiple times. But this is one you can't wear it twice in the you know same time frame of a year. But he already has. So, picks.
3: Who you guys got predictions for? What low am
2: low aussie <laughs> Best scripting. low.
3: Well, we're no, we're going, we're we're gonna stay mainstream. I forgot today. we were talking about a golf tournament here. Yeah, yeah,
2: we're we got pretty stay,
0: far off the. Off we the get, radar. we did get
2: off the rails there, but we're we're raining it back in. I kind of enjoyed it, to be honest with you. How many how many podcasts are you gonna to listen to? I'm gonna go on another divergence here. How many podcasts are you gonna to listen to that are just talking about picks, the course, Tiger being back? I enjoyed talking about collars and scripting. That was more fun than the. The usual content, you gotta you gotta stand out and be when distinct. the golf
0: media zigs, the fried eggs zags. Yeah,
2: that's the point. You that gotta be distinct. Add value. I don't need to hear any more about Tiger's, you know, strokes gain this and that. I'd rather talk about his collar. This,
3: I he hasn't won in a blade collar. Is that true? Th- that might be a big storyline. They
0: existed in 2013. Yeah.
3: Yes. Never won in a blade collar. That's true
0: any the mock turtlenecks though. He had some good years in the mock turtlenecks.
1: Yeah, that was his, that was his sweet spot was yeah. the mock turtleneck years. How did the mock turtleneck come of of being? Uh it was uh in the 70s and it was really hot out and a guy was wearing a turtleneck and he was about to win an event and he cut off the sleeves and all of a sudden you had a short sleeve mock No, I don't I actually have no <laughs> idea.
0: The names of these things fascinated me like Mock, like, all right, we got this thing. It's kind of like a turtleneck, but it's not. What are we going to call it? I guess, you know, kind of a mock, sure. But like, we've got this collar, I guess, a blade, but it's not really a blade.
1: And, I mean, a mock turtleneck sounds like something that Uncle Eddie would wear in, in Christmas <laughs> vacation, right? You know, the dicky, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's that that's kind of like a mock turtleneck. There's nothing,
0: bl- there's no, bl- there's a collar, or there's no collar, there's no blade. Why is it a blade collar?
3: Something, something I noticed watching uh, all those old masters was how a uh, few guys wore hats. Back in the day, yeah.
0: Remember when Rory didn't wear the hat at Hazeltine? That was awesome.
3: Yeah, I think that I think we gotta get rid of hats, but th- that's where that's a lot of money. money. is.
2: Yeah, I noticed they were making them take them all off. Well, and it looked like they were making them
0: run a wet comb through the hair because they all looked slightly like they had done a little bit with their hair to yeah. avoid hat hair.
2: Usually, those press conferences, they keep them on. I think. Phil, Phil looked, no Phil looked beat up. <laughs> he looked tired. Phil, there were some grays in there for sure.
0: I love the shaggy hair. I don't know. He looked, he looked great. The shaggy <laughs> hair, the button down. I love, I love disheveled Phil. he has got the whole like just mad scientist vibe.
3: Yeah. Um, so Pits. you guys, you guys don't want to, don't want to say no. reveal your picks.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think I really like Rose. I just, that's very trendy.
2: Yeah. I'm joining that jumping on that bandwagon. I, I think it's like,
0: oh, uh, I think speed could do it. I don't know. I, you do? He's, yeah. I mean, he, no matter how he plays at Houston, I mean, the week before, he plays well here. I mean, every he's played four times. He's had the 54-hole lead three times, and the other time, he was two shots back. He always plays well here. That's not like... That. And everyone's like, oh, he's playing horrific. And like, yeah, he missed the cut of Valspar, He played really bad, but he had like four straight top 20s before that. Like, his bad... He was hitting it so good that his bad putting was still... He was still finishing top 20.
2: He, I am for sure a Rose guy. I know I, I, I hate how mainstream it's become, but he's gone T2nd, T6... T-second, obviously, last year. Um, I think he's playing well. He's been playing well since the end of 2017. He's a ball striker, like Andy alluded to, knows every position to be in on this course. Uh, I think, like, if you were to ask me, you know, of the top 10, 15 players in the world, who is most likely to at least be in the hunt or be around, I think it would be Rose. Of course, like, who's the most likely to shoot, like, 66, 66, you know, 70 and win by like four probably not rose probably like say justin thomas but you're gonna ask me like who's like who can i bank on being there like in the top five to seven players and one of the last heat times on sunday i go with rose and that's just where you know that's why i'm gonna take him i think he has the best chance to be there
3: yeah i mean i think he, he's uh he's, he hasn't finished outside like the top 20 in like the last decade or something yeah, I mean, it's I think it's his it's worst
2: t- finish since 2011
1: is T25.
3: Yeah, t- top 25. I think he hasn't finished outside of the top 25. and Just automatic. automatic. So.
1: I, I like Rory with a recent victory under his belt. I think uh, he really likes his golf course. I can remember watching him play this golf course thinking that, you know, he wasn't going to lose this thing for a couple of years. And, and, and he did, but uh i like the fact that he's got a, a recent w and i like how much he plays well at this golf course so i like rory he
0: sounded good in his presser he was talking about how you know because Augusta national we talk so much about how experience and missing it in the proper places is so important and he's kind of talking about how that had gotten him into this very conservative mindset and so he'd get on the grounds and he would be too like he said i'd give the golf course too much respect and he said this year i'm just going to try and go out and play more aggressively and i mean that's what rory has to do you know we see him when he's playing his best. He's shooting final round sixty fours to win at Bay Hill, and I was like, his final round scoring average in his stroke play wins on tour is sixty six point seven, which is nuts. So
3: he just has to get.
0: It seems to me
3: that he has had trouble avoiding like the one bad, like his bad round needs to be seventy two. Oh, totally seventy four, seventy five. That it because he's he's been shooting. You know, he's, he's finished in the top ten, ton, but. It's like he's never been in contention in those rounds because in early round seventy five or that you know seventy seven on Saturday and when Spieth won, like he just hasn't avoided the disasters and and just it's the key to Rory's always keeping the momentum going with those par saves because like he's a guy that I really feel like has like you know he needs that momentum to keep going to like he's not I, but. We'll see. I uh, I think his. I've he, heard he's been talking to Fax and more. So they that, played nine, I think, last week.
0: Uh-huh. And that's he was I, last year. He was talking. I think he was being a little bit half joking. But last year he left, and he's like, "Hey, at least I didn't have any nines in the forties uh, this week. That's progress.
2: That's the that's what I, I kind of that's why I like him though. He shoots a forty, and then like comes in like thirty two. You know, he's just." <laughs> I I don't know. He's he's got what do you have forty on it in somewhere in his card in the preceding like two or three years at the Masters. Six of his
0: past eight Masters, he's had a score of seventy six or higher. So, uh,
2: what did you think about his his line today that he needs to be more aggressive? He's talking about I mean two and three. He's like I got to put on Thursday morning. I want to put you know, numbers up on the board. I
0: loved it, but it doesn't, the only problem with that, that might not be the year that this, that pays off. It's going to be colder. It seems like there's a cold front coming in Wednesday. It's going to rain Wednesday, which always gets people excited about Rory's chances, but (laughs) uh, it it seems like I fell for
3: that a couple of years ago. You what? I I remember I was going to take Spieth and then it rained and I was like, Rory, everyone falls (laughs) for that.
0: But I think Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be cold and hard and, and firm. I mean, it's not going to be a year where guys are challenging 270.
3: I'm uh I'm taking JT. I think this is going to be the coronation of JT as the best player in golf.
0: Back-to-back majors.
3: Yeah, he's I think he's the best player in in the world. Um and I he's he's good at everything. Great short game, great iron player, drives the ball really far and uh can really putt and uh I think this is the week where it all comes together. He's played pretty well here in his two appearances. Not great, but you, when you look at everything you want at Augusta, he's got it. And I what last year, he played a really good round, uh, one of the rounds. But I, I think this is, uh, this is the year for JT. You guys got any sleepers? Anybody you're gonna, gonna surprise?
2: I, I'm a we talked about his pairing kind of being a rough draw earlier. I like Berger a lot, I think he's in the positive on all st- the strokes gain numbers. Um, his two starts, I think, it's like thirty seventh is his worst
3: appearance. This
2: is his third start. I think he was twentieth, top ten, top
3: seven. I think he finished
2: seventh as, as a rookie. Yeah, so I think like he he can be long enough when he wants to be. I, his odds, it's more like an odds play. He's like he was like a hundred to one when I was looking at him. It seemed really high given the talent and past performance. And he's been fine this year. He's not. There's been no weakness in his game. He's in the positive on all the strokes gained metrics. I think Burger's odds are a little off.
0: I feel like Ustazen will just finish top five because he just does that. He does nothing all year, and then he comes to a major and finishes in the top
3: five. Billy, you're going with Sandy Lyle, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Him and, and Angel Cabrera. I always <laughs> like He's always my dark horse. Angel's a bad pick.
0: He shot 77 in the Monday qualifier for Houston. So. Yeah.
3: Well, he, 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 he,
1: Monday he, qualifier. He, stuff. Monday.
0: he had to try to Monday he qualifier was fine for Houston. He's
3: up from Argentina,
1: probably.
0: You know, that's. Uh,
1: even when he's won, he's been a long shot. So the fact you're saying uh, he might not play well, I'm, I'm happy about that. Worst
0: ranked player to ever win the Masters at the time. I, I don't know. So, yeah. Also, uh, don't forget uh, Ted Potter. Augusta favors left-handers, so you heard that here first. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's worried about the par three contest. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wants might to bring, win that, might have the first par that three he might contest. win, which would jinx him on the yeah. regular one. <laughs> no, he'll break that. He's Ted defending Potter
0: first par three contest to win the Masters.
2: He's defending par three champion. His last appearance, he won. All right, I I like Cantley. Uh, let's get it's not in a sleeper. Go.
3: No. All right, I'll All go. Right. I'll go deeper. I'll go. Oh. Uh, I'm going. Well, is Bryson a sleeper? Sure, I'll take that. Uh, Bryson, I, I actually think Bryson could win.
0: I agree with that. I was waiting for Brendan to bring up a artist joke. I was going to pipe <laughs> in that Brendan would actually be, or that Bryson would actually be a good pick, but Brendan never I, mean, I, would, I was
2: between him and Berger. I mean, it's hard. I, I have an unrequited love for Bryson. So <laughs> Bryson played
0: well at Bay Hill. Played well here when he's an amateur?
2: He's going to go full Knicker soon.
0: Bring it. He should.
3: Yeah. All right. Uh, overrated, underrated? Oh, gosh.
2: Golf shoes. As a golfer or a... <laughs> golfer. As a golfer? Yeah. Overrated. Right. Um, I think underrated. I think... I, don't I, I kind of enjoy the new era of... You know, different styles and comfort, and they're, it's not so rigid as it used to be. You know, with the saddle shoes. So I think they're underrated.
0: I think overrated. We've gone way too far away from spikes of any kind. Like these plastic ridges just aren't doing it for me. We've they're basically we're basically wearing sneakers.
1: I mean, I I support golf shoes because I I truly like them. I I run the spectrum from what what you like is what I like, which is. You want the most comfortable pair of shoes that are sneakers that you can play golf in. And I love that. But I also have a pair of like $600 bench made tassel <laughs> kiltie shoes, which I think are the coolest things on the planet. And I actually like playing in them because they're handmade shoes and they actually just feel great on your feet. You know, they're really well, well, well made shoes. And uh, I think if you're going to have to wear a traditional golf shoe, that's the way to go.
3: I'm gone. Way overrated. I don't. I don't think spikes are necessary. Sam
1: Snead played barefoot. Yeah, I.
3: I've come to the realization that I play better without spikes.
1: He also had five inch toes, though. He could grab into the ground with his toes. Wow. Right. Oh, Just kidding. No, you guys believe me. That's how how, how <laughs> content rich you guys here. are. You guys yeah. actually believe me. Right. Overrated, totally underrated.
3: Falsehood. Amen. Corner.
1: The
0: holes are the name. The holes. I'm going to say overrated only because I think what they did to 11 was a travesty, and I'm 13. I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. So I think I'm offended by 11. I wish they they had kept it. That, those trees on the right just need to go. Uh,
2: I mean, it's hard to say it's underrated, right? I mean, it's, it's, it gets like <laughs> <That's true>. more... <laughs> love and praise than any stretch of holes in the world so i guess what about the bear trap it's just snake, <laughs> pit. <Three laughs> the mile. snake pit um it ushered in the era of naming holes <laughs> yeah ushered in 100 years ago uh 75 years ago uh i think it's it's overrated because oh god that's i mean it's it hurts a, to say a little bit but it's, it's, sure yeah sure i'm with you it can't possibly be Underrated. It's actually is the
0: 50th anniversary of the naming of Amen Corner. Okay. Her, her, I, heard, I heard someone asking questions about it in the press so as well. Gotcha.
1: If something's perfect, can it be overrated? Wow. Because I think that's the perfect name. I, I really do. I think it's the perfect name, and when you nail it, you can, it, people can talk about it a lot, but it's only because they nailed it. You know, nothing else has had the teeth that Amen Corner has, and. I think it's I think it's right on, and I love it, and I love it when they start mentioning the broadcast. You get excited because you know the fun part's coming up. So,
0: and I said that, and it is the first place you head when you get on the property. Yeah, you go right there. I mean, there's nothing cool in that that spot, and then especially if you get to play Augusta, like getting onto twelve is it's otherworldly because that's the one spot that you can't go. Or yeah, you can't see thirteen. You've T. never seen
1: it. Yeah, it's. I think it's it, the whole thing is. And I'm gonna sound Disney like. It's magical. It's awesome. So he, he, I, I love a men corner. I don't, I don't you like just my own. Change take. My opinion. I might
0: rescind my take. Yeah. Oh. So. I've I you changed
1: I, my I, I I'm a trained designer. I was born a salesman.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, most underrated menu item at Augusta.
0: I'm gonna go with pimento cheese. I think it's been a bad few years for Pimento PR and I I love Pimento. So I think Pimento or maybe I got the question wrong, I think Pimento is underrated. Uh, it got overrated for a while, and then it just got bashed down and beaten to oblivion. So I think pimento needs to kind of be brought back up if, to its proper space. If the master's menu board was a stock exchange, you would be buying pimento. Pimento got pummeled. The pimento bubble burst, but now, yeah, <laughs> buy low, and it's back on the way up.
2: I think you can't. I mean, you can't overrate the uh, the biscuits. The chicken sausage biscuit. <laughs> I could sit there and have like twenty five of those. But the problem is, you know, I'm in public. and I don't want to look like a sociopath. Um, the biscuit sandwiches are amazing. You you give me chicken, you give me sausage. It does not matter. It's the biscuit. It. it I, maybe maybe these are well publicized. Uh, you know, and everyone thinks they're the best thing already. But like, I could not possibly say enough good things about the biscuit sandwiches.
1: Underrated. I, i'm gonna go with the barbecue uh I remember the day when they used to serve barbecue sandwiches that weren't hot and those uh, those were closer to cat food than really eating a sandwich it was really disappointing but now that they're hot it's you know you come from the cold north and you come down here and you're you're itching for some good barbecue and that now is a great sandwich and I actually like it if it's been in the warmer for a little while a little bit longer because then the crispy. edges are crispy. Yeah. So good. I, I mean, I I literally can't pass one of those green huts without grabbing one. And you guys, you can't see me on the podcast, but I look like I've had a couple barbecue sandwiches.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, that that'll do it for the preview, and
3: uh, we will be back maybe after I don't know analyzing
0: Doug Games' low amateur performance.
3: Yeah, I don't know who's gonna be low am.
0: I'm very curious to see what Neiman does.
3: I think he's obviously the odds-on favorite.
0: He is number one in the world.
3: Yeah, you, you're not going out on a limb. <laughs> you I, two,
2: you two debating the ant low am is a proper way to end this podcast. You know,
3: <laughs> Doug Gim. Doug Gim. I don't know if he hits. He's not that long. Yeah. I've, you know, I Doug Gim's a Chicago product. Right. Arlington Heights. Grew up in my backyard, but uh, he's literally really that's good. quite a story. Pitch yeah. a tent. And- he did. He he. Um, <laughs> He needed a place to stay, and I said, uh, "You can you can stay under the stars." I would there. like to see. What's Neiman. his home
1: course? Sunset Valley.
3: Oh, he's uh, out in Arlington Heights. So is that is
1: that closer to Mound Line? No, no. It's, I'm uh, losing my Chicago ge- it's like, geography. Uh,
3: I think he. I don't think he had a home course for a while. I think he. I'm
0: not going to get into that. Yeah, there's, I think, there's a. Uh, I would love to see Neiman do it, just because. I mean. He's Chilean. I can't name the second best Chilean golfer ever, so it would be sweet to see him get low M and have a a good pro career after he, you know I
3: think Neiman will get it. I'm bummed that Toto Ghana isn't in it.
2: Shout out Toto Ghana. Big dreams for that guy last year and he just got nuked off the course. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Bye
1: you've been listening to the fried egg podcast we do the digging for you